In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play. Today we're discussing the Tour de France, the epic month-long cycling race. For 21 days in July, nearly 200 of the best professional cyclists in the world ride more than 3,500 kilometers around France, over enormous mountains and through narrow village streets, grueling speeds, and sometimes dangerous conditions. It's brutal, exciting, engrossing, at least according to Emily, and I have never watched it. I'm not going to feign surprise at this one. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about this before. We I've... have. And it's also, I mean, it's it's a truly aggressive time commitment. Yeah. You, you were saying earlier, it's like, it. like what, like hundreds of hours? In the, how, how long is this? Um, Well, each stage takes, and I mean, I even I don't usually watch 100% of a stage. Usually. Um, and in fact, on, on TV, especially on American TV, they often don't show the whole thing. They'll show, like, the last, you know, 100K or something ah. of, like, a 200K stage. Also, I'm really sorry about the kilometers. I, I don't know how to talk about it in miles. Like, I could do the <laughs> conversions, but, like, I'm so used to watching it in kilometers that at I just kind of have a sense. I'll survive. <laughs> you will. You will. And you and you sort of pick up on it. I mean, you just you just kind of get a sense of like you just you just get a sense of it in kilometers that doesn't translate to anything else in the world. Like Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, that's an aside. Um <laughs> no, it's each 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 stage is a solid it's a solid 3 or 4 hours maybe if you watch the whole thing. Okay. Um and there's 21 of them. So, yeah. We're not going to watch all of it though. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I haven't I haven't fully decided how much we'll watch. So I guess um, if people want to find out where they should watch, they should wait to the little break in the middle here, and which yes, you tell where them. We're, yeah, where we'll get it, where we'll get into the details what of we what we wound what, up watching. What we'll be discussing at least for for this particular episode. Okay. Um, but I do, I do want to clarify some things and make sure you know some things going in. Usually, we're a little cryptic. Uh, okay. You know, <laughs> so we it's don't not to give away plot details. Right. Of... We don't want to give away <laughs> plot details, but like I wanna, I want to. I want to empower you to actually enjoy this. Spoiler um, alert, there are bikes involved and there are people on them. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So there's there's just and, – and I also – I've also sent you a um, – I sent you an article that's like – it's called like a beginner's guide to the Tour de France. And we can – we'll also post that uh, in the blog post that goes along with this. Uh, and in the show notes on iTunes, yeah. Episode, just... yeah. Show notes on iTunes, all of that. Um, but just but just some some very basic notes for you to know going in uh, just, just so you have – just so you're not – extra confused a couple things <laughs> only coming... my normal level of confused well yeah. just just it's confusing enough without having like some some really basic level stuff that you need to totally. know yeah. so so when i say professional they're um they're professional sponsored teams they're not national teams right that's something that confuses a lot of people i get like oh you know how is how is the american team doing it's like well they're isn't an American team. There are teams that are sponsored by American companies, but right. they're, you know, so it's, 
and and I mean, watching the riders, it's it's a little bit almost like like NASCAR cars where they're just like covered in sponsorship logos. <laughs> like they'll reference teams as being you know a French team, but that just means that it's a French company, predominantly French like racing organization. So it's based on the company, not on the person racing, not the person. On the right, bike. and teams. Okay. So so yeah, teams teams are a mix. I don't think there's I don't think there is any team that is all one nationality. Um, so that's one very important thing to know going into it. Um, and then the other really important thing to know, uh, and I'll let you, I'll let you figure the rest of it out. Um, but the other really (laughs) important thing to know is that they're not all trying to win. In fact, 90% or perhaps even more than 90% of them are, are not aiming to win the race. Because there, there's teams, but then there's also individual winners. Like you hear Lance Armstrong won, which he didn't because he's been stripped of all of his titles. But I thought, um, he, I thought he kept one of them. I thought one of them they said was still okay. Like uh, maybe his first, maybe one. the first one. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to go back and look. Anyway, um, but there's right. an individual winner at the end of the Tour de France who's a one person out of a team. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And yeah, so most of the people on a team are there to support their team leader or a couple of team leaders who may or may not be trying to win. They might be just trying to place as high as they can, or in some cases, their real focus is on, is on a sprinter who's Mm. going to try to win the sprint classification, which is a thing you'll figure out or is trying to win individual stages, but you know, so, so, but most of the people are there in the race are there to, to, you know, to serve a team leader rather than it's not, it's not like, it's not, it's not, you know, every man for himself. It's, it's very, very, very much a team sport, which will be very clear as you watch it. But those are just a yeah. couple of things I want to just make sure you're clear on <laughs> before you, <laughs> before you go into it. Don't uh, worry. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other things I don't understand. So we will not have a shortage <laughs> of things to talk about. <laughs> oh, no. And, and, and yeah, by all means, ask me any questions as yeah. well as you're watching it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a short break here. And we're recording this in the past. Uh, we're going to, during this break, tell people what they should go watch. And then they come back and then they'll come back and join us for the discussion of whatever those things they will have watched correct they're called stages stages okay (laughs) see totally be more questions yes exactly so we're gonna watch a couple stages or portions of a couple stages which we'll let you know about in a second uh and then when we come back we're gonna discuss what happened and what we think of it sounds good looking forward to it enjoy all right folks eric and i are watching the tour de france or part of it anyway. Part I mean, of not it, the yeah. Well, I mean, thing. I watched the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, as always, we are about to spoil what happens in the portion that we have watched. Um, you are welcome to watch as much of the tour as you want. If you're a big fan, obviously you're watching all of it, listeners. Uh, or you can, if you get really taken with it, you can watch the whole thing. But the bare minimum. What? Emily created a curriculum for me to watch <laughs> so I could just have a, a, a finite amount so yeah. I wouldn't have to watch everything. So the bare minimum that, like, we one definitely has to have seen uh, is... At least for this discussion. For the, Here's yes, what we'll be talking about. For this about, discussion. Yeah. This is what we'll be talking about. So of stage one of the 2016 Tour de France, just the last 15 kilometers, then the last 45 kilometers of stage two... The sprint finishes of stages three and four, so that's probably the last, like, two to five kilometers. 
Yeah. Um, the last 45 of stage five, and then the last 20 of stage eight. So and we'll put all this in the show notes so you yes. don't have to remember all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will all be in the, the, the blog post that accompanies this and in the notes on iTunes and all of that kind of thing. Um, so that's the bare minimum that we'll be discussing. Uh, again, let loose and watch as much cycling as you want, though. <laughs> I mean... It's, it feels a bit unfair. I mean, the, the way we don't always we don't say that for TV shows and be like, "Oh, let loose, go ahead and binge the whole series," you know. <laughs> well, I guess, but well, the thing is that um, I don't know with TV with TV shows. Usually, we watch like just the first couple episodes, and so you yeah. get like way beyond the discussion if you watch the whole series. Whereas with this, like, I'm not going to tell you you should only la- watch the last 15 kilometers. Like, you're welcome to watch the whole That's stage fair. if you want. That's we fair. aren't okay. discussing past stage eight here, though. So it's like several hours per stage. Oh yeah, this no, is it's a lot, lot of stuff to watch. It's so. a lot. Yeah. That's and then, the bare minimum to watch is what we just listed there. Yeah, as far as as far as watching all of this goes, that's a little complicated. Um, it airs in the U.S. on NBC Sports Network. Um, you can get an online subscription to be able to watch uh, stage replays. Uh, if you have it on cable, you could have watched it when it aired live, but that was a month ago. By the time this <laughs> this podcast yeah, this comes is going to come out like way after the whole thing yeah. is over. So. But but that means that by the time by the time you're actually listening to this podcast, unlike right now, while the tour is still going on, we don't know who's going to win because it's still happening. <laughs> uh, it should be on YouTube. Honestly, there are full stage replays on YouTube, like after the fact. So. You can find so, it that way as well. NBC Sports app or, or YouTube. Yes. Check those places for those those stages and then join us for the discussion after this. And enjoy the cycling. Woo! And we're back. We've just watched the Tour de France, or part of it anyway, up through but, but those chunks up through end of stage eight. Uh, so we're going to get to what I thought of the uh, my very first exposure to really watching the Tour de France ever. Diving which, right in the deep end. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into that in a minute. But first, uh, Emily, why do you love the Tour so much? Oh, man. Um, and this gets at why I love cycling as a sport in general. But, I mean, the Tour is kind of like the big thing. Uh, I think my favorite part or 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 what i find so like fascinating and fun about it i think is i mean just how much is going on and what i mean what i mean by that is you know it's really not i mean people people often ask me like oh who's winning and it's like well i mean i can answer that question but you know it's really not like a uh winner take all yeah um and i mean obviously at the end of the day there's a winner somebody wears the final yellow jersey and stands on the podium and they won the tour that's not the only thing that matters right it's not just the end and there and you know and there's a winner in each of the sub competitions too but like but like there's so many little tiny victories and moments of glory and little things that matter you know, and that's why, as I, I explained to you, um, I think in the in the intro that, you know, most of the people that are there are not there specifically to win themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because it means that then, you know, a lot of them are there to help someone else win. But then a lot of them, like, it, it means that what they go for is the smaller victories. They go for a stage win, which is a huge deal. Or they go for, you know, they just want to be in a breakaway and, like, maybe win that most combative prize for the day and, like, just 
get a little attention, get their name out there, get a, you know, and it's just like, cause that's the thing is even if you don't win anything, just the fact that you were, you were out ahead of everybody else climbing over a bunch of mountains in a stage of the tour de France is a big deal. Like and being seen by the TV cameras, which are on those like crazy motorbike, you know, right. setups and, you know, getting that exposure even for a few seconds is, is, is a deal. It's a big deal for the writers and their sponsors and all that. Right, 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 right. The TV exposure is a big deal for the sponsors, but also for the writers. It's, you know, it's one of those sort of things that goes on their little resume and go, or not their resume exactly, but their, their, their list of stats and their list of like, you totally. know, are they, are they having a good year or a bad year? Yeah, they're having a great year. You know, they won this, they, they came in third in this race earlier in the season and they won a stage of another race. And, you know, then they were in a breakaway and, you know, briefly led the sprint competition in the Tour de France. It's a big deal. Even if they don't win, it's a big deal just to wear one of those jerseys. Like, and I, I love that. Like, I love that there's so much going on. I love that there's like a little bit of something for everyone. Like, it's very, you know, I mean, I, lo- I like a lot of other sports, but it's, it, you know, it's not like watching, it's not like watching a game of football or a game of soccer or a game of anything else where like, I mean, yeah, there are those little stats in any right. sport, you know. People and there are, are pro- moments of glory in a lot of sports, like within the course of the game. That's not unique to this necessarily. But- right, exactly. I mean, sure, it's, you know, it's a big deal to hit a home run in a baseball game. It's very exciting. Even if your team doesn't win, it's great that right. you hit a home run, you know. Right. And, and people certainly track those kinds of stats also for lots of other sports, you know, to, to keep with baseball. You know, they're they're constantly tracking, like, the ERAs of pitchers and all of that kind of stuff. But, like... Thanks, fantasy football. Thanks, in, fantasy sports. Yeah, just, <laughs> but 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 despite like pre- the prevalence of fantasy sports making those things like a thing that people pay attention to even more, like yeah. at the end of the day, like I don't know, there's still there's still like little little baby stats that only like wonky right. fans are paying attention to, and like that's very different from like the thing I, you're supposed to be paying attention to in this, which is it feels like feels like the intended uh, effect of the thing. Uh, is what you're talking about as opposed to like, you know, the casual fan of a baseball game cares not a bit about ERA, but then for this, like that's part of the main attraction for you is, is are the little things throughout. The absolutely. Whole race here. Absolutely. Okay. And I mean, that's why it's, I mean, that's why, that's why I at least find it, you know, interesting and fascinating and fun to sit and watch hours and hours and hours <laughs> of people just riding bikes have you ever calculated how many hours of your life you spent just no, watching the Tour de France? That's not that's not an okay thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been watching it for like a solid fifteen years or so. So and there have been some there have been summers where I haven't followed it as closely as others, but like sure. it's it's an unreasonable amount and I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> so um, what about you? What did you think of it? Yeah. Your, your I, first uh, foray into the world of cycling. I, I will agree that there's a lot of it. Um, so it's a bit intimidating at first just to be looking at, like, you know, each stage being several hours and, you know, just the um, just the amount of it, given the fact that I, just in normal life, don't watch very many sports, you know, in general. And um, we should also we should also disclose, just for the sake of, of knowledge and in case it comes up, that, that there was more... More outside of podcast communication on this yeah, one I was just than there usually say. is. Yeah, well, there okay, were... so let me just say first. Let me just say first. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, ha- I had a really good time. Um, but yeah, we should definitely, as you're saying, disclose that we flipped the script a little bit here. Um, normally, when we go off to watch something, it's very much watched in isolation. You know, Emily goes off to watch Ex Machina. I don't tell her anything other than like the little intro I write for her at the very start. I intentionally, you know, don't want to, um, you know. 
affect her viewing experience. Um, but in this one, because it was so much of it's new to me, and because a lot of the stuff on screen was in French, um, Sorry, I was I forgot about that. Uh, I, I I was I was uh, Facebook messaging Emily a good deal um, at the start of the stage one, and uh, so we had a lot of back and forth back and forth chatter. And I found out that not only are you a geek about the Tour de France, you're a geek about explaining the Tour de France to other people. <laughs> you were really enjoying, you know, <laughs> breaking yeah. it down for me. Yeah, anyone um, anyone who's ever accidentally stumbled into a conversation about cycling or the Tour de France with me knows <laughs> that, like, if you show, like, a teeny tiny modicum of interest, like, I will just go. Like, I, I get so into, like, yeah, I don't know why. I just really... Well, it just sort of, no, I, th- I think I can kind of understand that, though. I mean, it's sort of, um, you know, because this is, uh, like, specialized knowledge, like, most people, I feel like, don't understand it to the degree that you do. So you take a bit of pride in kind of the fact that not only is this, like, a big international sporting event, but that you are one of, you know, at least in America, f- relatively few people who really understand it on, on a deep level. So I, I get that. Um, but, yeah, no, t- to your point, though, about the kind of the um, – comparing this to other sports and sort of the moments, you know, of glory spread throughout. Um, yeah, I really, I really dug that about, about this. It really felt like, um, it was a very different experience than, than watching other sports in a good way. I thought, um, I'm not totally sure yet if I could make myself watch like entire stages several, (laughs) several days in a row. I feel like that's a, it's a lot. Um, but I will say uh, another another little change to the normal script. So, like I said, normally we watch these in total isolation from each other. Um, I also had some help uh, on my end uh, for, for for most of the viewing experience. Um, my friend Yuichi, who loyal listeners will remember from our Harry Potter episode, uh, he coincidentally. Of the show. Friend of the show, Yuichi Shiga. Uh, he coincidentally was coming over the day that I was watching this, and uh, he is apparently a huge Tour de France geek. So he was sort of a, a third commentator, in addition to the wonderful <laughs> British guys uh, who, are, uh, who are as Paul lovely as promised. Phil. Paul and Phil, is that their name? Yeah, Phil Ligon and Paul Sherwin. I love them to pieces. We'll talk the, about the, them in a minute, though. They were great. And then Yuichi was also great because he was doing um, a, a lot of what I was initially asking you to do. He was breaking down for me a lot of like the little minutia of just like, um, strategy and kind of what people were doing in the moment and what does stuff on the screen mean. Um, and he was telling a story, he's telling me a story about how a former roommate of his, the one who got him into the tour, was saying that um, cycling was the most strategic sport out there, out of, out of any of them. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering what you think of that, Emily. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't tend to deal in superlatives and I don't know enough about all sports in the world to say like only necessarily Seth absolutes. The yeah. Most. Yeah. yeah. I don't really do. I don't really <laughs> do absolutes, but I mean, yeah though, like it, there's the whole thing of like the team, the way the teams behave and the way they try and reel in the breakaways. We're, and we're not reel in the breakaway. I mean, it's not right. just that they want to reel in the breakaway. They often like, they often are playing this little cat and mouse game all day where they want to keep the breakaway they don't want to let the breakaway get too far ahead because they want mm-hmm. to be able to bring it back in, you know, when they need to. But they want to leave it out there because they don't want to get – they don't want to reel it back in and then, you know, too soon, too far from the end, and then give somebody who might actually be a threat right. the chance to, to make a second breakaway. 
But that's something so, that Yuichi was explaining that was really helpful for me to understand. And that's just one little the, tiny thing. <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea of, you know, the Peloton being the biggest group and then also smaller groups, just the amount of energy they need to produce is, is a lot less than if you're by yourself. And so, you know, the, the strategy of, you know, when do you try and reel someone in? And also he was talking about, like, um, like faints like fake attempts to to either break away or to reel someone in and kind of all all this all this like deep strategy and he was also saying this was something that was surprising to me that i guess all the writers have like uh, their coaches are able to talk to them like oh they yeah have wireless they have, there's they have little radio earpieces yeah which i th- i thought was was really interesting the fact that there's um that it's not just about instinct i guess or not just about like paying off your training you know yeah. Oh no, no, no. There's there is a lot of intense strategy and they they absolutely they have their team management is absolutely in there and they need and they need that because um for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, they go into they go into the stage with a strategy, certainly, right. a plan for the day. Um but they also, you know, they also need to know like they need to know who the people are who are in the breakaway because they might not have seen who it was that got away and what teams they're on or whatever. And then, you know, they need to know that, you know, the guy out in front who who maybe, you know, was ahead and didn't see it needs to know that the team leader just crashed. And, you know, he has to drop back and, and help help the team leader ride back into the main group. You know, they, they, they have to know stuff that kind of stuff. they can't see, yeah. Right, just, yeah. There's a lot about... of stuff going on that they can't see and that they need... Um, Interesting. They need direction on. And it's also, I mean, honestly, it's also a safety thing. It's a, it's a good safety tool. You know, they're able to say, like, there was a crash ahead of you on the road, you know, mm-hmm. slow down. Or they're able to say, like, hey, just so you know, like, as you start to climb the mountain, it's going to start raining. You know, it's raining further up the slope. Like, be prepared for that. Like, It's, it's not like a football game or a baseball game where it's in a confined space. And so the players can pretty much see anything that might, you know affect them like it's 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 so much right. bigger than, than than anything else that they have to be warned i guess of what's ahead yeah absolutely absolutely um anyway, uh, well, I, w- I will say in terms of specifics from 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 this holy shit the end of stage eight uh with, oh my with, god with oh my god Rube. right <laughs> um i that i mean as much as i appreciated as we were saying all the moments that are in the middle of the, the thing and like all the changing stuff the end of that stage with him going downhill and he's like not on the seat. He's just like perching like on the bar. Like, oh yeah, in just this crazy, dangerous, crazy aerodynamic position. Downhill, like twisting his body just enough just to get, get him these sharp turns. And I and, mean, like, descents, descents are crazy, treacherous, and dangerous. Yeah, even when you're not accelerating and like right. trying to put time into your rivals, like. Yeah. Oh, I know. I and that's that's why originally we were actually going to stop at stage five for this for this episode, and then I was texting Eric like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You have to watch stage <laughs> eight. Like as <laughs> soon as that started happening, and I realized, I realized like, oh, that's why that's why it changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was so. Oh my god, it was so exciting. Yeah. So that was really exciting, and like, um, and then even before that, I guess that was the same stage with like the really the most intense mountains, right? Or was that stage five? Um. um out of the ones we watched, out I of the ones remember. we watched, no, I think stage eight had more had more serious mountains because I believe that stage eight was the first one in the Pyrenees. 
Hold okay. on. I'm looking I'm looking quickly at the race profiles. Yeah. yeah, no. Stage stage 8 was was the most intense mountain stage that we watched because it was the first of a, of a series of stages in the Pyrenees mountains. Yeah. Um so yeah, stage stage 5 had I think the highest category climb was a 2 and it was sort of a short category 2. Mm-hmm. And stage stage 8 had um I guess we only watched the end of it, so you only saw one or two first category climbs. Yeah. But the first climb of the day actually the Col de Tourmalet was a was an outside category climb. Like so so tall, long and steep that it is too high to be considered category 1. Yeah, this is something that you actually explained to me. So so the the stages are numbered based on their intensity and it's in descending order. So a 5 is like the easiest uh incline. Right. A one is nominally the hardest, but actually there's basically the equivalent of a harder than one, which which is what would you call it, an outside of category? Uh, yeah, it's called HC because HC. In, in French it's in French it's I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation because it's been so long since I've spoken French, but it's like or category or like or de category, which is like okay. higher higher than category. Like so, it basically just means like this is like this is too intense to be categorized. It means when we made the categorization system, we really fucked up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> um, so I took a lot of notes throughout this, mainly about the people on the side of the road, about the fans. Oh my god, the, f- the fans! Like, okay, so some of them are positive. Um, so, for instance, the the farmers who made a giant cow on a bike that was adorable. Oh, I uh, know. The- I I love and I love the. The like, and it's you. It's usually like the local local farms like get together and they they make yeah. some kind of incredible things specifically for the helicopter that like advertises the region and like whatever their major produce is. Like, of course, it's so cute. But a specific type of cheese, which of course, uh, w- one more time, the names of the commentators were Phil and uh, what Phil, was Paul, Paul and Phil. Paul and Phil, like they they would call out at certain points, like when I guess there wasn't much happening on the road, they would call out like this was the type of cheese that's produced here, <laughs> and they, they they already had all the intel prepared they, for each region that they were commentating on about like here's the main export and here's what the farmers around here are, you know are 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 you know talking about when they they have these things for the helicopters, you know. Which oh was yeah, great. that's that's primarily Paul, and he's okay. just like he just. That's another. That's another thing that I love about it is like it's it's like this great, wonderful sport full of all this strategy and stuff. Like, but then also you're just casually getting like a French history lesson from Paul Sherwin. Like, well, if a history lesson and also like just a, a oh, visual tour all of, of yeah. just like you know of, of of the whole country. I mean, that's something that. Um, so, like, obviously, Formula One racing is not at all popular in America, which makes no sense because we love cars and we have a giant country, but whatever. Um, hey, my but, dad, it's really popular with my dad. Yeah, but, like, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I wish we had more stuff that was like this. I guess it, the logistics of it might, might be harder uh, in America than maybe in the French countryside. I don't, I don't know, but... Um, just in terms of being able to see the changing visual landscape of the country from stage to stage, I mean, that, that's just really cool. And the fact that this is a big enough event that they can really put in the resources to have not only the motorbikes and, and all that and the cars, but also have the helicopters and get these really awesome sweeping shots of the country. That that was um, – I'm not sure how long they've been able to do that, but that was a big part of the appeal for me as a viewer, as a first-time viewer, is just seeing all these places that I've never seen, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, even if you don't, even if you don't like care about the cycling or get into it, like it's definitely like a lovely scenic thing just to have yeah. on your TV, like sweeping, sweeping shots of France Craig. and yeah. <laughs> mountains and you know countryside and 
old decrepit castles and charming little <laughs> villages and yeah. yeah exactly all the villages that are the they're talking about oh yes medieval village and it's just like oh right europe yeah you've oh, been yeah. around for a while <laughs> europe is old and then there's yeah. also like i don't remember what the specific sites of interest were yeah. for the stages we were watching but um you know sometimes they'll they'll go through there's like there's like a town that was one of the most towns they they rode past this year is like this little village that was destroyed in world war two and they never rebuilt it. And it's like, it's a, it, you know, exists as like a national sort of memorial, memorial to yeah. world war two and the, destroy- yeah. And they, there's a lot of stuff that was like destroyed. Also, um, to your point about the U S there actually is a tour of California. Really? Yeah. So is it hey, you could attend it. I believe so. Yeah. In fact, I think it's, um, I think it's I mean, included I guess California. In... I live in California, so it'd probably be easier for me to just go places, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. And I've actually, I've never, I've, that's one that I, I never like have actually watched it. I just sort of follow it and like, you know, who's doing what. Sure. Just follow it in online news kind of thing. Yeah. But I believe that it's now, you know, the, the NBC sports subscription on which you and I both watched this. Mm-hmm. It's just a little plug for NBC. It's now <laughs> the same price I used to pay just to watch the month of the tour, but actually including like several races all throughout the year. And I think the tour of California might be one of them. Okay. So I mean, like I, I literally, but that's the thing though. I mean, maybe it exists, but I've literally never heard of the tour. Oh, of I California, know because like you know? Americans, Americans haven't cared since Lance Armstrong stopped riding. Like right, which we'll get back to that. But I just uh-huh. wanted to say, uh-huh. so, so yeah, we talked about like the positive side of the fans and the farmers and everyone, kind of the the people on the side of the road. Um, there's also a lot of assholes who who are yeah. fans of this race, and I was like yelling at the TV at certain points, like get out of the road, like how. Obviously, okay, sports events, they're often, for a lot of people, an invitation to drink heavily. There's jerks in every sporting event. I don't want to single out the tour here. But they were, like, literally endangering people's lives, like, jumping down the road. And, like, I was so angry at some of these fans. Yeah, I I hate them. And, actually, I do think it's fair to single out cycling on this because, like... There are rabid fans of any sport, but ninety percent of them don't have this kind of access to the right. access to the action. Yeah, they're literally standing on the side of the road, and the the idiots like run by with their capes. They touch the riders sometimes. They which is just like it's uh, awful. It's it's really awful. And they what, what are they trying to get out of that? Are they just getting, trying to get on TV? Or I think so. I have no idea. It pisses me off too. I yeah. And you actually, um, I don't think you ever you watched any of the portions that still had the Australian commentators that are there in the beginning of the stage? I think maybe I caught a very small snippet of the Australian commentator at one point. I I forget when, but I noticed at one point, like, oh, that accent sounds different. (laughs) But then it went away, and it it was back to... They do, like, the beginning of every stage, and then they come back in at the end, like, after the end of the stage. Okay. Um, The reason I... Or if you ever heard also from the German guy who pops in every once in a while? No, I didn't hear a German accent, yeah. Um, Well, both... But in both of those cases, one of the Australian guys is a former rider named Robbie McEwen. Okay. And then the German dude who I just love, I just love him. He's the greatest. <laughs> um, his name is Jens Voigt. He's also Jens Voigt. He's also a former rider. Um, just both of them just retired in the last couple years. Uh-huh. Um, and oh man, if they happen to, if, if they happen to be on and like, it's one of their little moments where they're talking when when the fans are doing that stuff like they get they you can, you hear them get so angry the riders the riders they know it. what it's like to be on yeah. the road with the and fans actually there, yeah. and actually there's um 
I don't know if we're going to do a second episode about this or not. I'm literally changing my mind on it moment to moment. Um, but <laughs> the I, fact I, I that I liked it may, may, makes it harder for you because it's just like, you know, us talking about stuff we both enjoy. Yeah. So it's like not, maybe it won't be, make for a good episode. I would encourage you to watch the next, the couple of stages I'll tell you just because no, they're worth I think watching. If, if you can continue to give me a curriculum of just like watch <laughs> these portions, like these are the best stages to watch, I will totally watch that. I just don't think I'll be able to do every stage yeah you know, no that's fair <laughs> um well and there are some stages that are just kind of like meh, meh, meh. yeah on the assumption that you will go back and watch it because yeah. oh my god it's batshit you have to go back and watch it um what happens on stage 12 okay um is a- absolutely nuts but it's um it's towards the end of stage 12 and it's it's totally i mean there's mm, there were a lot of factors that contributed to it happening but it was mostly an overabundance of of fans crushing way too close in onto the road, and like they they really fuck shit up. Like like everyone is safe, no one is no one is injured, but like Jesus, it's so bad. Well, at the end of stage one, which we watch for this, there's a bunch of crashes right in the sprint at the end, and they, those were brutal. And those oh, on like yeah. a, a wide boulevard, like I I'm just imagining. This equipment at this speed crashing in a narrow place, like, I just, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I was just incensed by a lot of the fans throughout this, especially in the mountain stages where it seems like um, they were getting a lot more aggressive. Um, like, okay, here, here's, here's the thing. It's just, like, I don't know if it's, like, a certain thing about sports or it's just people in general with access to alcohol, but this is something that really always bothers me you know uh when when i go to sports games i i even though i don't watch a whole lot i have at certain times in my life gotten really into one sport or another and like i was once at a football game with my family and uh we were in the away team we were in the minority in the crowd and some people behind us threw a glass beer bottle right over our heads like it was maybe 10 feet away from that hitting us in the head and it fell down into the stands below us it probably hit someone down down there and that just really just sets me off, this idea that you care enough about, you know, who wins this competition, that you're, will, you're willing to, like, hurt someone, possibly kill someone. That, it, it's one of my, the things that just really drives me nuts about it, sports, you know? Me too. It's, it is, it's completely beyond my, my comprehension. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand why people do that. And in the context of the tour, you know, I, I don't understand that le- that level of, of intensity about anything where you're like somehow it becomes the logical thing to like punch somebody in the face because they're wearing the wrong T-shirt. I don't get that at all. Right. But I, I don't know. It's like another level of like what the hell is wrong with you, the spectators in this, because it's like, okay, if you're a fan of this sport, like – you should want you, it to be. You want a... them. You want them to crash. Like you want. You want. Like. Yeah. How do you not understand that your crazy behavior is in danger? One, endangering them, endangering their their you know lives sometimes, yeah. and also just you know their limbs. They break things all the time. It's very easy for them to break bones when they fall because, um, it, you know their clip their shoes clip in their their clip pedals, so they're okay. like they're like attached to the bike so so if, if the bike falls they fall they hit the pavement yeah yeah anyway so so one back to back to why i don't understand this fan behavior it's like okay first of all you're endangering these people you're right. you're gonna potentially injure them potentially kill them 
potentially have make them have to drop out of the race if they get injured badly enough or hurt their chances in the race if they get injured, you know, right. and, it, and it hurts their performance. And then also, you could be messing up the race for them. Like, right. Like, if you get in their way, you don't, you don't, especially the people on the road, like, they, they probably are not able to follow, like, they don't necessarily know what the situation on the race is. You know, they don't have all the fancy TV stuff we do. Exactly. So, like, for all they know, the person that they're interfering with on the top of that climb could be in the midst of, like, a make-or-break breakaway. Where, this could you know, be, like, their career-defining moment. Like, this could there, be... It could be their career-defining moment. It could be their tour-winning moment. Yeah. Yeah. I. It makes me furious. I completely agree. I don't... I, I and, hate and so, fan behavior. That was kind of like, you know, that that took away a little bit from the enjoyment, even though it made me more engaged because I was screaming <laughs> at the TV. Uh, you know, yeah. So that was kind of... I think that's really the only thing that I really would call like a, a negative, you know, a, a criticism that I that I had of, of this watching experience of this introduction. Um, but it sounds like that's normal. <laughs> yeah, so. it is unfortunately normal. And and again, the thing the thing that happens a couple stages from now is is so bad and egregious. I was actually texting with my dad right before yeah. we we started recording this. And yeah, he he texted me and he was like, "So, do you think after that they're finally going to do something about the idiots on the course?" And I was really? like, I, <laughs> I don't know, Dad. Like, I mean, I really hope that they do. I hope they do something about the fans, and I hope they do something about the motorbikes because they also create problems sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they can. It's it's tough. I mean, you can't. Yuichi was saying to me you that can't there's put, some you year... can't put barriers on all 200 kilometers of, exactly of a rate of a stage. You know, so they only put them like on the points where it matters. And like, what else can you do? I don't know. Right. I mean, it's so big. I mean, there's the, that's the flip side of not having the contained field is that, you know, this is hard to control. Um, but yeah, so Yuichi was saying to me that I don't know what year this was, but apparently there was some year where like one of the camera motorbikes like hit a rider and he broke his collarbone and he had to drop out of the race because yep. it was just like, you know, and this was a guy who like had, was a contender, like not just a, a support member of the team, but like an actual like big deal rider uh, who got knocked out at I don't know if you know what he's talking. I about remember. There. I remember the incident. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who it is. It was. Okay, it was yeah. a hand. It was a handful of years ago, though. Yeah. No. I absolutely. I remember that. And it. You know. And it was a very similar situation to to the situation in which a rider died at another race earlier this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 a big issue. And you know, there obviously there have to be motorbikes on the course. They serve several purposes. You see well, the ones. I, you see the thing the, is like I really dug what they were doing with the cameras and this. I mean, I thought like the way they filmed this was so dynamic and so much better than what I was expecting. I was oh, yeah. expecting the helicopter shots the whole way, just like kind of whatever, or maybe cameras on the side of the road at certain places. But I mean, it's so visually compelling to see, to feel like you are zipping in and among all the, all the racers, which is oh, what yeah. the camera, the motorbikes are doing. I mean, Oh yeah. Well, and there are know. also race official motorbikes, but like there, there are a lot of arguments that there are too many of them, that mm. they need to have better rules and just, and also just kind of better awareness of like, yeah, not interfering with the riders because it's yeah it's it's Seems a, like a good idea yeah uh-huh. imagine <laughs> but what do i know i'm just the noob no. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm just looking back at my notes here so so yeah overall uh enjoyed it despite the obnoxious fans um i really like i was saying i thought this was um a pleasant surprise just in terms of a lot of the whole experience of the way it's filmed the way it's commentated just the look of the whole you know um the scenery of getting the the, the tour, um, <laughs> yeah, the tour, the tour of France. <laughs> uh, Imagine, but, 
but yeah, I guess kind of where, where I come out on it is sort of, um, and this is how I feel about sports in general, is I feel like the fact that I was talking with you and then later talking with Yuichi, I mean, that really um, defined the experience. It definitely made the whole thing really enjoyable. And so, I mean, this is, the, this is the whole thing. Like, I can get into pretty much any sport if I'm experiencing it with other people, you know, even if I don't know the teams. Yeah, it's a social um, experience. So, you know, I, I don't know if I can totally say that I would have gotten into this as much if I were just watching it all by myself. But... You know, that's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if I watch any more, I'm sure I'll be Facebook messaging with you. And Oh, yeah. And I and I will love it because, cause, yeah, I, I think part of the reason also that, as mentioned before, I get so into explaining it to people um, is also because, like, I feel like I'm sort of constantly evangelizing about it <laughs> because, like, sports – sports fandom like is a social experience it, it absolutely it absolutely is that's that's the reason hell that's the reason that they talk about sports fandom in the terms of nationhood like I, i'm not going to name anyone by name but i do know certain people who are like sports hermits who just watch games like by themselves and i and i've i've talked to them about this and i just can't do that like this is I mean, something that's not a skill i have <laughs> yeah well and i get it because i totally do that with cycling but like ultimately it is it's still a social activity when something crazy happens like you want to be able to you want to be able to say that holy shit chris Froome at stage eight you want to talk about just like did we exactly. just do the same thing, you know? Oh my god the end of that stage it was crazy also isn't marcel kittle adorable I have to say that's another part of it. I have I have huge crushes on several of them. Yeah. Um, well, if, if you ever make it out to, to California, Yuichi tells me that uh, his hometown of Santa Rosa is the hometown for BMC, and that he's there's a restaurant he goes to with his family where he's seen racers all the time. Who so you know? Awesome. <laughs> incentive for you to come visit California. That is that yeah. is incentive. Yeah. No, that sounds so creepy. No, but also, I mean, getting getting back to the whole like, there's so many little internal competitions and internal moments of glory and all that kind of stuff. Um, another another thing that's like really kind of wonderful and rewarding, and th- another thing that's like sort of more rewarding the more you do it, mm-hmm. um, or the more you watch, uh, is you know the the stories of the riders. You know they have they have really long careers, and you know you you watch their careers, and they have. Again, they have like incredible stories, whether it's uh, there. For instance, there's one guy um, who's riding who's riding this year uh, who mm-hmm. his team. Which team was it? Um, oh, I think it was Giant Alpeson um, was apparently the whole team was in like a horrible uh, crash during a training ride. Like they oh, had no. an accident with a car. And this one guy in particular, John Degenkolb, I believe that's who it was, um, was like seriously injured and like almost lost his finger and is like still like you know has to like do his like breaking and gear shifting different because his fingers screwed up you know from this accident you know so it's like so it's like this incredible story to watch him and he just god i can't even remember what it was he just did on a stage but he was you know he was just like in a breakaway or he like you know led some chase or whatever it was and it's just like awesome like yeah what a great that didn't occur to me until now recovery story like this Um, oh sorry (laughs) that reminded me I, i wasn't thinking of this you know while i was watching but I really liked the fact that we did not have, like they do in the Olympics, constant cutaways to like the personal sob stories of all the athletes. Like there were times when they were, they would the commentators would talk about like something that happened to someone, but oh my god, do I do I not need more like you know tragic upbringing stories in my sports? Like, <laughs> and that is why we watch the live coverage and not. Oh, the primetime coverage. The, the recap version. The primetime, the, the like repackaged primetime replay uh, is the worst thing. 
That sounds the awful. worst. Um, anyway, one more thing. I were way over time, but one more thing. I just want to mention. Oh, I, I know. I'm so sorry. The stuffed animals as prizes. <gasps> the know. most adorable thing. The fact that they get little stuffed lions for winning the yellow the yellow jersey. The fact that that's like that's not a consolation prize for like oh you did you did pretty well. Like that's that's in a court that's in tandem with like you are winning right now. I know. <laughs> you get a stuffed lion. I love the stuffed lions. They're so <laughs> cute. I have no idea why they give them stuffed lions. But they I don't do. Care. They always do. And I just imagine that these riders who've like had the yellow jersey a bunch just like have like a little room full of stuffed lions. Like Thomas Vogler, who's had like twenty yellow jerseys <laughs> over the course of his career, has just like a little just like a little treasure trove of lions somewhere. Because like it's a it. different lion for every stage. It's not like they're passing the same lion down from oh, stage yeah, to stage. Oh yeah, no. It's a different lion. And it's a different <laughs> yellow jersey, too. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yes. I love the lions. I think they're so adorable. And I also just like I don't know. That kind of gets at a bigger thing, too, which is, like, I don't know. There's sort of two things at play, both of which I love, which are, one, the sport itself in in its uh, in practice is it's so metal. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is so goddamn metal, this sport. And, like, fortunately, thank God, I don't think we saw any really horrible crashes. I mean, there were some crashes, but, I mean, there are, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes, oh my, the unimaginable crashes that you see these guys do, and then they get back on their bikes and they ride the rest of the stage with their Jersey totally torn in shreds. And they literally like hold on to the side of a car while somebody bandages their shoulder so they can keep riding. Cause, and, and you know what they do, they, um, you have to finish the stage like, or else you're automatic, you're automatically out. You have to finish the stage within the time. So what they very, you know, they all, unless they physically can't do it, they always get back on their bike and they finish the stage and then they go to the doctor. Wow. I mean, again, unless it's like, unless it's re- a really, really horrible and they, they get up and they can tell that, that right. it's bad. So, I mean, the, that's pretty intense. <laughs> right. And so then the stuff, the stuff that like you find out after the fact so you know they crash and they get back on their bike and they do the last you know 25 kilometers or 30 or 40 or however many it is of of the stage and you know probably they're going they're going slowly but like they're still going faster than any of us could ride our bikes mm-hmm. um and then they go to the, then they go to the race doctor and it turns out that they've had three broken ribs the whole time or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. They've got a, you know, they've got a hairline fracture somewhere. They've done this. They've done that. They've, they've <laughs> freaking fractured a vertebrae. Ta- Robbie McEwen, the guy that I was, the guy that I was yeah, talking yeah. about, who's the commentator, was talking on a stage, on a, a later stage about, about riding in the tour with like a fractured vertebra. Jesus. <laughs> For like multiple stages. Yeah. So all of which is to say this sport is freaking metal. Like, <laughs> let's just. Yes. But then it's also so damn French and charming. They give you stuffed <laughs> lions. They have these like these like gorgeous little models in their little matching dresses that match the jersey. You know, their yep. yellow dresses for the yellow jersey and red and white polka dot dresses for the polka oh, dot the polka jersey. Dots. And uh. like <laughs> you know, and like that kind of like and and again, like the the like the cutesy little the cutesy little things that like the farmers set up that you can see from the helicopter. Today yep. there was today there were kayaks floating in some body of water in the shape of France. <laughs> like wow. what? Like yeah, it's just like 
I don't know. It's it's and you know these these like pleasant British commentators who are telling you about like the <laughs> cheese from the region and the old castle and like all and it's just like I don't know. It's such a wonderful little combination of things of like this is such a this is such a crazy badass thing that they're doing. Yeah, exactly. This Even really without intense the crazy badass injuries. sport mixed with just like this really Stuff pleasant lies. commentary and beautiful <laughs> camera work and yeah, it's it's, it's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love it. It's yeah. it's sweet. Anyway, we've talked about cycling for a very long time. I, I, yeah, so um, I think if you can continue to assign more stages for, for, for me to watch, I'm totally down. I'm not I'm not sure if another episode, if I would have anything no, interesting yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm not sure we'd have anything to talk about, but well, no, I'm I sure will totally... you would have something to talk about. I'm sure you, you could oh, keep yeah. on talking about us for another hour, but oh, I'm and, not sure endlessly. I have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we won't do another, we won't, we won't subject people to another episode about this, <laughs> but no, I totally will keep assigning episodes, and for that matter, um, listeners, I'll put up my, my little curriculum that I make for Eric, um, little watching guide uh, on our site, gvnpodcast.com as well. Um, so that you can also continue to follow like, you know, tour, tour highlights and essentials as it, yeah. as it continues through the month of month of July or continued through the month of July past. <laughs> Unfortunately, listeners will not be able to Facebook message you as they're watching. So they're going to have to go a little bit more, more solo than I did, but <laughs> it's true. It's true. They can tweet me. Yeah, but I think it's a bit different for, from the constant <laughs> running commentary over Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> so on that note, Eric, uh, what are we going to talk about next time? Yeah, um, I was th- – this changed at the very last minute. This changed because our friend of the show, Yuichi, coming over to watch – he and I at one point took a break to go get some food, and we were talking about a movie that just coincidentally is on our list, and that is Zombieland. Zombieland. All right. Yeah. Uh, so – uh, that's really the only connection to Tour de France. There's, I don't think there's any <laughs> cycling or just a, just a quick Yoichi connection. That's cool. I'm yeah, exactly. That. Um, we were talking about it, and I'm just like, yeah, I really want to see that movie again. That sounds really good right about now. <laughs> we're <laughs> recording right, this in like what is possibly the shittiest, most depressing week for news in the, the history history of ever. Yeah, um, which we should we should contextualize for our listeners since they're not going to hear this episode for for, for several several weeks. For yeah. several weeks, yeah. This um, we're. I'll just say we're recording this on July 17th of 2016. So yeah. just recall what the last two weeks were like. And yeah, no, I'm down for some escapism. Yeah, I'm down for some, some, some monsters and some, some silly antics. So um, that's what we'll be doing next time. Until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? If, and if people want to, yeah, if people want to ask you questions about tour, how should they do that? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at EJ Reports. And yeah, by all means, tweet me about, you know, this podcast or about cycling or anything, you know. Related to other stuff we've talked about on the podcast, not anything. I shouldn't say anything. That's yeah. I'll end up with creepy things. But what uh, is the meaning of life? Yeah, <laughs> 140 characters. Um. <laughs> Easy peasy. Anyway, and what about you, Eric? And you can find me on Twitter at hey hey esj. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Cycling off. Au revoir. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com.